Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment, and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including email, will also be in description. We have Trevor on the other end. What's up, Trevor? Hello. I am no longer tarnished. Yeah, so we, I think we should start off with that because I, I, the first thing I kind of put in, the, in, our, in our Google Doc was Elder Ring catch-up. So I'm five slash six slash seven hours. I'm not sure exactly how much. I'm just kind of exploring the area. I'm at the first boss. I think we can, we can mention the bosses, right? Like It's not like a spoiler or anything. Uh, I think everyone knows Margaret. Yeah, like, the first boss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, literally the first boss, the first thing you face. I'm at that boss. I think I can beat Margaret, but I'm going to I'm gonna kind of keep exploring. I'm going to keep leveling up. And I love that the game has so much to do outside of that boss. Like, I feel like I'm going into caves and like a whole story there. Or I'm going to like a separate side and there was like an area where there was just thunder, just, just hitting the ground. I'm like, what the hell is that? I was exploring and obviously I died, but still I want to keep, you know, I want to explore and figure it out. So I want to throw it to you first because you have actually finished the game. Yeah, I have. Um, I wrapped it up uh, this week, actually. Um, I beat the boss and I I believe I've killed every boss I could find. Um, I, I've killed every boss, at least attached to an achievement. So there are some um, uh, pretty tough uh, bosses at the end that are tougher than even the uh, final boss. So I have done all that. And um, right now I'm just gearing up to uh, for my new game plus run. Um, so I can kind of just wrap up some achievements, uh, change up my build. And I, I'm super excited. I, I went most of the game, good old um, sword and shield or, or any massive weapon, pretty much. Um, Pretty much just colossal great sword, I believe is what they called in this game. Um, that and a shield. And, uh, it was very satisfying. It felt like playing old school Dark Souls again. Um, but this time through, I'm going to go more of a samurai build. I got some katanas all ready to go. And that I'm looks very... so tempting when you yeah. have the initial like screen, but I went with warrior. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm very excited to, uh, uh, go through it again with, with the new build and everything. Um, but yeah, t- uh, I totally just want to kind of touch on what you were mentioning of that is like w- the one thing that really makes this game so special is that exploration, right? Um, we were kind of chatting, uh, before the show started and, and ultimately as far as Souls games go, like this one is, is definitely on the easier side. Um, I think even if you don't use your summons, it's still a little bit on the easier side. Uh, but there is some very, t- there's still some very tough bosses, but, um, I, what, that isn't what really, like, I, I mean, the bosses are my favorite part, obviously, uh, about this game, but the, the exploring is what has really, uh, and this world is what really has set it apart, um, from most games, to be perfectly honest. Uh, just, it, the exploring feels so satisfying in this game. And, and it's not even just like about getting your level up. It's about the stuff you find. The world, is just so unique. Um, there's so many different areas, so many different enemies. The variety is crazy. Um, you do start to see some repetition uh, throughout it in the later hours. But I mean, at this point, you're, we're talking like if you're doing a lot of exploring, like 80 hours in when you 
you start to see some of that with the you know occasionally like some bosses will show up again as some will even show up as just regular enemies in the world um but they're not quite as hard because you're you're definitely more powerful um but it is just like finding a cave finding a catacomb and it's just like okay I, like i know there's a good chance that there is something in here that is going to be of value to me um and it, and it just makes it so satisfying to to work your way through it Anytime I got to a new area, I was so excited because I had this entire area that I could just ride around and see what is in there and see what I could find. And as you're doing that, you are constantly progressing. Like you're progressing in every way in this game. If, if not, if not getting more runes, not getting an item, you're just getting better at the game still, yeah. as you typically do with these games. Um, and it and it is just so satisfying. Like they just did such a good job with this world. It is so good looking. Um, the music, oh my god, just the, the open world music that really gets me every time. The music is amazing. Like, the, um, the, there's music at the end of the game that is just like it gets you so hyped up for some of the fights. It's, is it better it's, than Death Door? I think Death Door's final boss music was pretty sick. That was yeah. I don't. It's close. Uh, it's close. They're, okay. they're both very good, but Death Door um, is hard to beat because that yeah that that final boss was pretty impressive. Yeah, that that music in that last boss fight was pretty good. Um, but yeah, like I mean, the music's so good, the atmosphere, um, and that and again, you, this the discovery of it is is the best part. It's just like, uh, a lot of people, like I I I hear a lot of times like people criticize the game for not being more modern in certain ways. Um, but it is, it's the reason, like, by not being so modern, by not, you know, by doing the Dark Soul thing, by being so obscure about some stuff. And it, and like, yes, like, as I, I am kind of doing some of the achievements, I'm working through some of this stuff. And it's just like, there's no way I can imagine finding this. Like, oh, yeah. I, it probably would have took me 200 hours to find this. I'm going to areas that I explored, I thought I explored top to bottom. And it's like, no. There's a cave in this corner. And it's like, are you serious? I, I totally missed that, right? So, um, but that's what's exciting about it, right? It's just not about like, you know, this is where you go, follow the line or go to the dot or whatnot, right? Um, and, and the fact that people are still figuring stuff out, even right now, right? Um, that's what makes it so exciting to me. And so I, actually, I want to I wanna ask, I, let me know if this is a spoiler. Like, obviously, we won't mention it otherwise. Yeah. I, I found a cave. And the enemies there were just kind of, you know, going at it at a rock. They were, they were like some, doing something to the rock. And every yep. time I would hit these enemies, my, my sword would just bounce off of them. So is there something, am I, am I supposed to go there? Or is there something that I missed and I'm supposed to use another weapon or something like that? No. So those ones that, um, that you're thinking of, they're like rock. Like they're, they're, they're literally like made out. They're miners. And yeah. they, and they're like literally made out of, uh, uh, of like metal themselves. So those ones, you just kind of have to beat them down. Um, oh I think, I think at a certain point you do beat through their armor though. Like they do their, their house starts to go down slower or, or faster. Yeah. You're just gonna like, do, you know, you, that animation where you hit something and it just bounces back. You yeah. You gotta do that again and again. And I, I, I hate that animation. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I have, I need something else. I'm assuming. So I just like went back up. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, if you kind of just whack away at them, eventually they it, they go down uh quickly at the end. Um, and later, like 
that only happens for a little while. Like later, you'll you'll overpower them with your weapons and okay, and okay. leveling up and stuff like that. They they definitely take more hits than the average enemy though. No, I'm I'm loving Elden Ring. So like I obviously what I need to ask is is this at this point of time your game of the year? Um, as of right now, what I'm thinking about is is more of where is this game in my top ten games of all time. Oh and, <laughs> um like okay wait 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 before you take the top 10 things I, I guess we should start off from this side in your from software games ranking where does this rank because like I, you already know for me Sekiro is, uh, is number one and then it's Bloodborne and then uh Dark Souls 3 probably yeah. so in your case how does it All go this is my this is my this is the best from soft game oh my god opinion. for me okay absolutely um I, I I mentioned it before. Like I I definitely think Sekiro's combat is better. Um, yeah. It is tighter. The pairing and and the dodging and all that is it's that is definitely the setting. Better. I love the Sekiro setting. I don't know why it's just this, I just love it. Yeah. Um. But like I mean, this again. I just can't stop thinking about how amazing the world is in in this game and the variety. Again, is just uh, over a hundred. Like I I think I was at hour one oh five found an entire new area and it had multiple enemies in it i had not seen in the game yet um oh god and and it just blew, blows my mind like how big the world is but any other open world game today of this size it everything would be so cookie cutter like every area you would have bandit caps you'd have this activity or that activity. <laughs> there's literally like none of that in this game like yeah there's like certain things like you'll come across like um uh, like these plates on the ground, and when you touch them, it brings you to a boss. Like there's, oh, there's that's a, cool. There's like a handful of those uh, in the world. Um, there's trees. Like you'll see big trees on the maps. If you go to those trees, there there is a boss underneath them, and those bosses they are like they do. They all look similar, but they all have some variation to them. Um, so there is that repetition there. But otherwise, I mean it everything is just really different. Like every area feels very different. Um, and outside those like handful of things, like it, it, it's very different. Like everything feels very different. It, it feels like a very different world. Um, and it's just I something I really don't think we've seen before. Yeah, no, I mean, Elden Ring is obviously something that's kind of revolutionized how open world games work. And I do hope that more kind of the same way how no one used batman arkham city's like the no no no, that was not batman sorry it was a shadow mordor like nemesis system i hope that that doesn't happen with these kinds of open world games where it's like no like let's just throw someone out there and be like all right just go like uh, here's like a direction i guess just figure on your own and i think there people are realizing that they actually enjoy that enjoy that freedom because for so long we had 18 waypoints with missions all like a list on the right side of your screen it's like okay, no, we're we're done with that. Let's actually do something that we are, you know, where we we're in control of. And like, what I wanted to ask was, okay, this is not a spoiler as well because it's the first thing you see. There's like this huge, not I guess it's not huge, but like a boss on on a on a horse that you see at the beginning of the game when yeah. you first start off. Yeah. When do you? When can you beat that boss? <laughs> because I, I'm I'm I want to go back. I want to kind of go and try to take him down, but I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you can beat him now uh you like you can but you have to be good um yeah <laughs> and, and it will take a lot more hits but it is possible i i've already watched people beat them um basically naked 
uh, pretty oh easily. So, <laughs> of course. Um, so he is beatable very early on. But I, like for me personally, I I think I went back and I beat him after I had beat the second boss. Um, so I think I was like main boss, story boss. Um, so I think I was probably around level twenty five or so. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was gonna say something, but that would be a spoiler. Um, so yeah, no, it, it you can go back and beat that boss. Um, All right, okay. I'll wait till I'm 25. I'm like 16 or 17 right now, so I'm gonna I'll take my time with this. Yeah, but that's like that's that that's part of the fun, right? Is like you you can literally come across anything that is going to be very hard or very easy, and um, overall, like Margaret is like uh is really like a a pretty big uh, hump to, at the start, but once you get over it. It, it 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 flows very quickly after that you'll you'll f- start to find yourself um progressing much quicker exploring a lot more quicker um you'll get through a lot of bosses uh much more easily easily as you go especially like what i did was i just did a lot of exploring like every time i got to an area i i was just like i just want to see everything in this area i want to find everything i want to yeah. get as strong as i can before i go and tackle what is my next task effectively um, and that worked well for me because some of the bosses probably felt too easy because of that. Because I, I do think I was a little overpowered in in certain ways. If it is my weapon was really, but um, that's your thing, right? The, the thing is, I like that freedom of like you're able to do that, and you're not funneled to like no, you need to be only damaging this person ten percent at a time or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, there's so many options, and and that's definitely where the accessibility thing comes in. When when people say this is more accessible than previous Souls games is. They give you a lot of options. You could potentially find items or um, NPCs that might help you. You might find, um, you know, again, you could level up your weapons and and different stuff. So uh, there's just a lot of options. And then if you want to make the game really hard for you, you you have those options as well. Um, so yeah, it is it's special. I mean, I will say like as much as I love this, like part of the reason I do love so much of this is because of how different it is from all those other games. I definitely don't want, like, I love those other games too. Like, I love having a checklist in an open world game. I do like having activities I like to do over and over again and progress and, and that kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of times where I hate not knowing where I'm going, um, but it just works in this game. And I think this kind of game needs to be done right. Um, and I think Breath of the Wild is another one that did it right. Um, I think if you do these games wrong, it's a, it, they would be a bad time. Um, so I think it's, you know, people taking cues from this going forward. Um, you know, I think I, I hope they'd be cautious with it because, um, like I said, it works well here. It doesn't mean it's going to work well everywhere. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think it's a, it's a hard game to master and at least from software has opened the door. So I hope more companies or more development studios kind of take advantage of that and, and take some cues. And obviously talking about hard games, we should definitely talk about Returnal because the BAFTAs winners just got announced recently and Returnal won game of the year. So, I mean, I'll kind of quickly go through the, the list of nominees for best game of 2022 from the BAFTAs and it was Deathloop. Makes sense. I think Deathloop was nominated in a bunch of places. For the Horizon 5, yep, that totally makes sense. Inscription. We haven't really talked too much about this game. Like, I don't even know if you've played it. I've played a little bit, but like, it is an interesting game. I should say that. Um, I I do own it, and I played 
uh, probably an hour and a half of it. Um, I'm pretty burnt out on card games at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, it's not. That's what I keep. I need to get to a point in this game where apparently it's not necessarily a card game. People keep talking about this big mystery. It changes uh, apparently, like. Um, doesn't it change into like Pokemon or something at some point? Or? Exactly. Like I need to. Um, that's what I'm saying. I'm like I want to push through just because I think the story is like just ridiculous. Yeah, it, it it's very cool. It's got a cool vibe, cool atmosphere. I like the music. Um, I, I, the UI and everything is very unique. And and obviously there's a whole like kind of meta game around it outside the game. Apparently, um, yeah. I just um the only. I was knee deep into some other stuff when that one came out. So um, I definitely want to go back to that. Yeah. Uh, we, we, at we, some we, point. We should try to do that for our, our, our book club or the gaming yeah. book club. I think that could be another one to kind of put in there. Yeah. Um, I think just at the start, it was the card game aspect of it, which actually yeah. seemed interesting. But like, um, I mean, I played Hearthstone for way too long. Yeah. Um, and then I was really into like Slay the Spire and um, uh, Monster Train. And um, I did like, you ever do I, Steam World Quest or what was it? Yeah, I did. Uh, Steam, Gilgamesh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I did that one as well too. And yeah, I just I was really big into card games. Gwent as well. I did a lot of Gwent. Um, so yeah, I think you. I, I think you need a break from card games. It seems like yeah. you've done every possible one at this point. <laughs> so yeah, I was just kind of ready. I was just like, I'm not ready for another card game at this moment. <laughs> so obviously the other two games, It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, they're also going to get nominated. But Returnal 1, uh, like, I mean, this is great. Like, this, I, I like, like the game. And, like, I was telling you that we should probably jump in and do multiplayer so that I can have someone to help me along this, like, you know, hard journey. <laughs> but I don't know if it was a game of the year worthy. Like, what are your thoughts? Well, um, it was my personal game of the year last yeah. year, so I I very much agree with them. I think they made, <laughs> I think they made the right choice. Um, I love Return. I thought you liked Ratchet and Clank. What are you talking about? That was a that was a very close second. What can I say? No, I mean I love Returnal. Like uh, I I like hard games. Um, I feel very very satisfied when I beat them. Um, and that one was just another one that you know did something very different which is what i liked about it right like yeah um and sifu is another one that i I very much enjoyed this year so uh i love these you know i i like that we're going back to having some challenging games i don't want all games to be challenging but i love having that um like having these games like like sifu and elden ring that you just can't breeze through them like they're not mindless right and i find too many games today are becoming mindless. There's there's really no urgency. There's no fail state. There's there's no risk, um, and that's fine because a lot of those games I love them. I love playing games that I don't have to think too hard, but I also love uh, a game where I have to be 100% focused on top of my game. Um, and when you finally get over that hill, it feels great, right? It's like a rush of uh, adrenaline and um my uh partner Lori like even said to me she's like like why do you play this game i hear you swearing from the basement (laughs) and i'm like yeah i get mad but i get very happy and very excited when i finally do it right and and then that's part of it the going through that pain and then when you actually do it that satisfaction just makes it all worth it so um that's why that's why right yeah it's like the perfect mesh of like a hard game and the gameplay being really fun yeah. I feel like that's that's why people love from software games, you know, because people make fun of how it looks and this and that. 
But it's like, yeah, but when you play the game, it's really satisfying and it's like really engaging. And like, obviously it's hard at the same time and it like gives you the accomplishment because first of all, the game has given you all the tools and it's like, yeah, look, we're, it's a fun game, but now it's hard. So you're, when you, when you die, you're like, you know what? It's fun. Let me just keep playing. It kind of gives you that like little push to keep playing. But it's some, some games that are just hard and then the gameplay isn't fun. And I'm like, okay, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. And Returnal's gameplay was tight. Like, yeah. I loved how good that game felt. Um, it looked good, good music, good atmosphere. I mean, it checked all the boxes for me personally. I know. I'm, I'm, I mean, Housemark's under the PlayStation umbrella, so I'm sure they have like all kinds of funding and they might even make a Returnal 2. It seems like they never do a sequel to something. They always kind of do like a new something thing. New. So like that could be cool. I'm, I'm kind of down for that. I think but, that's fine. I, I rather them do something new. As much as I love Returnal, just having a Returnal 2 that is kind of more of the same, um, unless they really change it up. Uh, would, would you want from software to do Elden Ring 2 or are you, do you want them to just do a new thing? I see, that, that that's like a thing because I want a Sekiro two. I want a Bloodborne two. <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know if I want any of that. Right? I do think I want something different. I, I as much as I love this game, like the thought of like what would be an Elden Ring two that would make me excited. Right? Like a new world, like would be great, and exploring it and new bosses. Like, yeah, I would love that game. But it wouldn't have the same impact on me that I just had with this game because it, again, they just did so much that no one else has done before, right? Like having all that mystery in this massive world, the variety, all the different enemies, the, just so much about it. Um, like I just can't imagine them doing something similar and having the same impact. So I really hope they do something different. Um, it could be an open world, but. I hope it's a different take, like a different spin, something that makes it fresh. Um, and I think that's why, like, I think actually, I think From Software is a perfect example. I, I do believe Dark Souls 2 and 3, people were, ti- were getting tired of it, right? Like, it, they didn't hit like the previous games did. Sekiro, I guess that one, I, I, I'm sales wise didn't do super hot, but, I mean, at least critically and, and for me personally, I really love that game because it was so fresh and new. Same with yeah. Bloodborne too. Like Bloodborne wasn't a huge departure, but there was enough of departure there that made it exciting. Um, and it really changed it up. So when I look at those games, like to me, Dark Souls 2 and 3, as good as they were, to me, those ones are on the, uh, are on, at the bottom of the list, right? Like I, I'm going to take Elden Ring. I'm going to take Sekiro. I'm going to take Bloodborne over those uh, Dark Souls 2 or 3 any day. I mean, I think I think with Bloodborne, I can see them maybe making a sequel because it's been so long. Like, with Dark Souls, we got 1, 2, 3 in quick succession. Whereas with Bloodborne, it's been so long that I can see that sequel coming in. But I want to I wanna pose this to you then. Okay, this is going to be trademarked by you. You own this. If you had to pitch from software an Elden Ring 2, what would it be? Like, where do they take it from here? Or like, not, not even Elden Ring 2. Let's, let's not even call it Elden Ring 2. Let's, because you can see where they're going, right? They went from Dark Souls. They went from Demon Souls, sorry, I should say that. Demon Souls to Dark Souls to Bloodborne to Sekiro to this. Like, you can see that, like, where they're going. But, like, where do they go from here? And what would you tell them they should do next? Um, that's, that's tough. I, I really don't know. Like card game, card game, yeah, card game. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely want the from soft game. I want the, 
I want the like combat, um, you know, like I want a twist on the combat for sure. Um, I don't know, man. Like I really don't know. And, and had you said to me, um, what would you want out of a from software game? If it was an open world, I wouldn't have said Elden Ring. Like, um, yeah. I, I don't know what I would have said, but I would never imagine this, uh, what we got. Um, I don't know, like, to be perfectly honest, like, my first gut instinct is, I, like I said, I want a, a departure, so maybe they move away from fantasy, which I, I love fantasy over sci-fi, but uh, maybe a sci-fi? That Sur- would be... Cause sci-fi the Souls-like? The yeah, Sur- I, I like the Surge. The Surge. I yeah, yeah, one and that could be pretty sick. Yeah, that, and Surge was a great game, but it was no FromSoft game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think maybe there could be something there. Uh, so maybe something like that. Um, I really don't know. Oh my uh, god! Imagine a cyberpunk world made by FromSoft. Oh, there you. I'll take that. A cyberpunk FromSoft game, actually. Oh my god! And it's a go karting game. Okay, no, yeah, we and, and that. maybe maybe more more um, going more into the guns, having more ranged combat with guns and and that kind of stuff. Maybe have you seen Have you seen that movie with Christian Bale? Where it was like, it was called Gun Fu, where they fight each other and it's like they have the gun and the shooter, but they're like kung fuing at the same time. Can you imagine if Thrones Offer does that? Yeah, that'd be cool. A Gun Fu, I don't know what they want to call it. They could ask Christian Bale about that, but I, just, I don't know why that movie came up in yeah. my mind. Yeah, right, so, whatever they make, I hope it's unique. That's all. I know, it's, it's from software. It seems like they're pretty good with the throw stuff. They always find a, find a way to kind of yeah. just change the game in a way. Maybe, uh, even, maybe even just like um, a bigger focus on uh, multiplayer in some way would even be interesting. I would actually like that. I would like a more multiplayer focused game with, with them because they know how to do gameplay so, so well that playing that with someone like this will be amazing. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I want, I want to get your opinion on this for, you know, from a development side because Unreal Engine 5 just got announced. And, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of a big deal. Like Unreal had a, a, a not Unreal, sorry, Epic Games, sorry, Epic. Yeah. They had a big event and they kind of talked about Unreal Engine 5. It also, we also got the announcement of, um, I think it was Crystal Dynamics making a new Tomb Raider game in Unreal Engine 5. We already know that the new Witcher game is being made in Unreal Engine 5. And some of the videos and stuff like that, we already know that Matrix demo that looks really, really cool. Like, I, maybe maybe this is just me, right? Because I don't understand the ins and outs of these engines. So I know that it is open and like it's just you can download it for free or whatever. But other than the things looking really nice and pretty, what else does it do? Like, is there something else that we as consumers might not be like looking into? Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing you're going to see with something like this is the bigger benefit is not going to be on the AAA side, I believe. Like, yes, AAA games are going to look better. Um, how much better? I mean, I think time will tell. Um, I think you need to take tech demos with a grain of salt because um, it's it's quite a different beast when you actually are making a full-fledged game with gameplay and um, you have tons of mechanics and, and logic running in the back um, and a lot of that stuff affects what you can do in a natural game. So I think technomos um, are definitely like, this is the potential, but what you actually will get, I think will very different. But um, I think the biggest impact is going to be on indie uh, games because 
from what I could tell, that is where um, you're going to see a lot of benefit is they're making things a lot easier for for everyone uh, to develop games, right? Like um, turning, adding a, a features that used to take a lot of coding or a lot of calculations are now just being baked into the engine. Um, so it's just a matter of like, um, and I, I don't have any experience with Unreal or, or anything like that, but my understanding is like something like ray tracing literally becomes like, I want ray tracing on this object as opposed to in the past, you would have to program something like that, right? Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, so I think you're going to see a lot more um, smaller games uh, start to look better um, because the barrier of entry to do a lot of this stuff is going to be lower. Um, so I, that's very exciting. Um, I think they, uh, some of the stuff they mentioned is like films. Uh, you'll start to see some of this um, actually in, in animated shows or and just general movies with CG. Um, I think that will be very interesting because that kind of goes to the tech demo thing where if you're not interacting with it so much, whereas it's like a pre predefined scene of what's going to happen, you can really fine tune it. And that's where I think you'll start to see unca uh, un uncanny valley where with uh, how things look less so in games, because again, I think once you get to games and when you're actually you know, have to render everything and, and all the actions and whatnot. That's where it gets a little bit trickier. Um, but from what I could tell, all that's going to be easier. So I think you're going to see better performance, better graphics. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of that in smaller games as well. And I know that, I don't know if there's like a, it's like a specific deal with Xbox, but I kept reading that they have some sort of partnership with Xbox. And I could be wrong about this. Like, I mean, if a game uses Unreal Engine Five and it's on PlayStation, it will it will work. I'm assuming, but like, what does it mean to be partnered with a console maker in a way? I I, I didn't read anything about that, so unfortunately, I don't have any context. Um, I don't think it means anything though. At the end of the yeah. day, like the the consoles are using the same chips more or less, just tweaked slightly differently. Um. I think the one feature that the Xbox had, PlayStation is going to get with the uh, um, refresh rate, the, the refresh rate, yeah, yeah, the variable refresh rate. Um, That's needed, man. <laughs> That's needed big time. So I, I don't think, um, uh, I don't think there'll be any difference between PlayStation or Xbox at all. Uh, the partnership is probably going to be marketing stuff, as yeah. or they're probably probably something similar with what they're doing with uh, CG CG Project Red, where. Um, Microsoft might help contribute to the engine. Um, maybe that partnership is what's happening. They're going to be working together to make the engine run better. And um, if Microsoft is, you know, fine-tuning the engine to work better on their Xboxes, um, maybe you might see um, maybe small benefits there. But at the end of the day, like, I don't think it would be anything noticeable uh, between the two systems. Yeah, I'm obviously talking about all this, like, you know, engine and GPUs and ray tracing. We should definitely talk about GPUs finally sort of getting to the retail price, yes. which is great for anyone that is currently building uh, uh, and, you know, a, a PC and has been waiting for these 33s cards or the AMD cards to drop. And at the same time, I'm, maybe this is a Canada thing. I don't know if this is worldwide, but in Canada, at least the Xbox Series X is quite 
easily gettable. Like I actually went on Best Buy before before recording this podcast with you and I just checked on Best Buy and I'm in Toronto and there's literally a lot of them available. You can literally go into store and pick up an Xbox. So I think the, the, obviously the main question is, is this is this whole thing with the chip shortages, all that stuff done? And, and how is your prediction of the no 4,000 series coming out this year looking now? Uh, so I got two things to say. So number one, I'll just get my prediction out of the way. Obviously, I don't believe in that one anymore. Uh, <laughs> things are obviously going um, in a positive direction. And I do believe that they'll probably have 4,000 series this year. Um, I don't know how much better the chip stuff is getting. I mean, obviously, it is better because, you know, there is stock in places now, which is awesome. Uh, it doesn't seem like a ton of stock at the moment. Um, but there is definitely, it is getting easier. And because of that, prices are dropping. I'm just kind of taking a peek at the prices right now. I would say that they are not very close to MSRP at the moment. Um, maybe the new MSRP, but not the MSRP that they were before COVID. Because 3080s around then were, in Canadian dollars, around $950,000. And just a quick glance here, I'm just seeing 3080s are, you're looking at 1400 ish yeah there's you know, i think that's a new price as well yeah. from like asus msi all those all the companies 1280 is is a cheaper one um so i it is better definitely without a doubt um and i i they did raise that msrp so it is the new msrp i guess um on the xbox thing um i don't know if this was a rumor or a fact um i forgot where i read it so i can't credit it but um, I heard that Microsoft actually paid for uh, chip priority, actually. Oh. So that is why um, you see more Xboxes than PlayStations right now. I mean, like, no doubt about it. The PlayStation is still outselling it. Um, but there is, as far as I know, there is just more Xboxes out there, period. There was more Xboxes made because Microsoft was getting more chips because they paid for it. I think the the other thing I was kind of wondering was that like there's also like the, the one possibility could be you know like that yeah like the chip shortages or like Microsoft got priority or the chip shortages are just kind of getting better in general we're getting more of these consoles readily available or I was just thinking I'm like what if we're you know hitting that market saturation point of those early adopters like technically everyone that's trying to get a console right now is like someone that really really wants a console and is going through the effort of getting one so they've gotten their console let's assume they've gotten their xbox or playstation 5 so now it's just you know for just a general audience who might see a game and say yeah i want to get this console or whatever so i'm like thinking i'm like have we just gotten to that point for the xbox where it's like yep everyone that wanted one already has one now it's just you know it's just there like we have some stock <laughs> i think that is definitely part of it for sure i i do believe that most people a lot more people are gaining these consoles a lot more people are gaining their video cards so the demand is going down um obviously that will change when new video cards come out I, yeah um and i we have to be we should record that we should do like a stream of us like being on the website just refreshing just trying to we should I, I definitely will be down for that um yeah, I mean, I do think it's too soon to tell like i things are definitely getting better. Um, but I do think things are are far from normal, and I think there's too many, um, too much going on in the world right now to to say for sure that where things are going to get better, right? I mean, um, I do think like the war will have an impact on stuff, right? Like um, 
that is going to cause issues with shipping and, and production. Um, and cryptocurrency is volatile. It is going up. It's going down. Uh, I really hope it doesn't skyrocket again. Yeah. Um, because if it does, we won't, there, there's no chance we'll be getting those 4,000 cards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's already a challenge to, you know, just, just get a 30 series card. Like I know we, that some of them are available, but a lot of the ones that you might, it's not like you have a bunch of options of like this company, this specific card, whatever. It's like, okay, no, here's the one that's at MSRP. Do you want this one or not? So I'm just hoping that like, it's already kind of tough. I'm hoping that by the time the 4,000 series comes out. Yeah. Like, look, the first couple of months. Yeah. It's going to be sold out. That's a given that happens every console generation, every release for anything, even the iPhones before the recent thing, like it was always sold out. And a couple months later, the iPhones will start coming in. It's just like around November, December, January, when they're not in stock, then I'm like, oh my God, it's just, we're just doing this all over again. And it's like, at that point, might as well for like the RTX 5000 series, you know, just keep going forward. Yeah, I mean, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope things get better and stay better, but mm, time will tell. I know, and, and think, talking, talking about things that are quite disappointing, we should definitely talk about the PS Plus uh, launch or the new <laughs> PS Plus model that's coming out. Oh, um, this is something that we had heard about, the rumors, all the stuff. It was kind of popping up here and there. They called it Spartacus, the whole idea, oh, we're going to take on Mac Xbox with their Game Pass and everything. And they finally announced it. And I'll, I'll, like, always before we jump into the details itself, I will say I'm, a, I'm kind of disappointed. This is not what I expected. And they're asking us to pay more than what we will pay for Game Pass Ultimate, I believe, which gives you access to those games on PC. I'm going to let you talk because I'm a little disappointed here. Um, I'm just as disappointed as you are. Um, I, I was really, I mean, I'm a big fan of the subscription service. I know there's a lot of people that are not. Um, as, as long as you can still just buy games. Um, as if you can still buy games and you, and you have the option to do subscription, subscription, like to me, subscription is perfect. Like I do not need to own the game. I, you technically don't own the game. You own a license to the game nowadays. Yep. Um, so to me, and I gave up on physical media a long time ago, as much as I loved having my rack of games, like I was fine. Like I, I'm, I rather the convenience of just being able to jump between a game, download it, not have to get up and put a disc in. Um, so I was fine to move on and I'm definitely fine to move on to subscription services because as someone who plays a lot of games and buys a lot of games, I'm saving money with it. Game Pass is saving me a ton of money. I want PlayStation to compete um, for two reasons. So one, I can get my PlayStation games cheaper and two, uh, to put some pressure on Microsoft to continue to to be better, to pump up more for, uh, day one releases, to to invest in more games. Um, so yeah, I mean, what Sony came up with is interesting and I'll happily subscribe for a month or two and go down memory lane. But I mean, unless, unless there's interesting games, newer games there, um, I definitely won't be paying for that premium tier. Uh, yeah. So like, the, it's also, we'll go into the tiers, like it's broken down to, into three tiers. There's PlayStation plus essential. Like I still don't get why they didn't just make it like bronze silver gold or or you know silver gold platinum i i just i don't like the wording first of all so PlayStation plus essential is what ps plus is right now so nothing changes the price is the same you just go on to that tier the next tier is called ps plus extra and this is 
$15 monthly or $100 yearly. So that's like $5 more expensive than the, the bottom tier on a monthly basis. And always you get PS Plus and you get a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. I don't know what that means, but apparently one of the games or two of the games or maybe multiple games, there's some of the games will include stuff like Spider-Man Miles Morales from, from, what, for, from the clip that I saw or whatever I saw there. And also Returnal, for example. Again, that's, that's pretty cool. It, that, those games came out a year, more than a year ago. That's fine. I kind of like that. Usually PS Plus PlayStation games in a year or so are discounted so heavily that I'm like, it doesn't really matter. You can just get these games for like $20. But I get the idea. So that's kind of them basically putting that line in the sand of, we're not going to do what Game Pass does. What we'll do instead is maybe give you that game a year or so later. Okay, but we, we haven't gone to the third tier, the last one. PlayStation Plus Premium. So in this one, obviously, you get all the benefits of the earlier tiers, like the PS4 and the PS5 games. But now you also get up to 340 additional games. So you get PS3 games through cloud streaming. Like, I, I, look, I'm all for cloud streaming and all that stuff for gaming. Like, I, I feel like it's a technology that will get better over time. But don't ask me to pay so much more to get cloud streaming only. Okay, that's the PS3 games. That's fine. You also get access to PS2, PSP, and PS4 games, stuff like that. And this is $8 more expensive than the bottom tier on a monthly basis. Overall, this, the extra premium tier, whatever, is more expensive than Game Pass Ultimate, which gives you those games that on, on Xbox and on PC, it gives you cloud streaming capability, and you can download these games. So what am I missing? What did PlayStation not like understand <laughs> or what happened on this side? Yeah, I mean, um, there's also something to be said too about like the number of games, right? Um, I heard so uh, somewhere that one of the reasons Microsoft keeps the number of games around what it does is because um, not to overwhelm people, um, which I mean, it, you could go either way on that, but the but the main thing is is that they're rotating, right? So you you always have new games coming and going. My, I'm curious to see how Sony handles this because, like, yes, they're throwing a large number of games at you, which is great. But the problem is is that if they don't have a constant rotation of new stuff coming in, um, or they're just adding to it, not even taking stuff out, which would be great, um, then that that makes it more attractive but at the end of the day it's still the games and and one thing i thought of when you said the most enjoyable games <laughs> to me it's like well there's a good chance that if they were the most enjoyable i'd play them already um yeah. so it is going to be just a memory lane thing for me personally maybe i'll find some games on there that hey i never ever did check out this one and i'll fire it up and play it probably won't finish it because there's probably something new and shiny that i'd rather play um so the, at least I will give them props for coming out and basically saying like, hey, it doesn't make sense for us to put our day one games on here. Um, uh, it doesn't make sense from for our business. Um, we believe we won't be able to produce the same high quality games if we do because we won't have the proper return on our investment. So um, uh, I applaud them for just coming out and saying that. But at the end of the day, like, your service is what it is today and it's not attractive. And look, I also need to kind of say that like the reason the Xbox is putting their, their games day one is because they were 
they were behind. They were the ones that were second or third in the race. And they were like, no, we need to do something to be able to counter this. So I totally get it. And PlayStation, like they, they know what quality they have and they have, they've said it. I feel like other executives in the industry have said it about how the game pass model, they don't know how viable of an option that is in terms of profit. We obviously, I don't know the numbers exactly, but in terms of taking that money, putting it into a game that costs a hundred, 200 million, and then getting that return plus a profit. They're like, they just don't see that. And I can totally get that. And I'm more than happy to pay for, for the PlayStation games. I just don't get why they can't take an HBO Max route of, hey, get, go to the, the highest tier. You have to buy our game day one, but two months from now, three months from now, it will be on that service. So that's it. It's all about options at the end of the day, right? Like no one's taking anything away at the moment. Um, like, like I said, if you can still buy the game, you don't have to pay for that subscription service. Um, a lot of, a lot of times when I hear like game pass is going to ruin games or something like, no, it's not. If anything, it is going to just give more options to people. Um, there is always going to be those big games. If big games are not sustainable, it's because they just caught, they just got to a point where it just costs too much money to make them. And they're going to have to, yeah, like that's why they're raising the prices because these games are just getting too expensive to make. Um, at the end of the day, like I want, I don't want to pay more, <laughs> right? Yep. Like this is an expensive hobby as it is. Um, so give me the options. If I have a subscription, uh, I can go pay for that, have the game for a month and then move on. Great. If I want to buy it, be able to play whenever I want. Great. If we get to a point where the games can't get, you know, like exponentially better or bigger because they cost too much money, it is what it is. Then they will, they will find a, the, the industry as always will find a way to create an attractive product for us to want to buy and play. The graphics, maybe they won't be as nice, but then they'll make it up in other ways. And, you know, indie games are, are proof of that, right? And I'm not big into indie games, but there has been some amazing ones that I love. Um, and I think there is, there is middle ground there. So I'm not worried about the industry. Um, I think these services are great for consumers. I do believe that, you know, at the end of the day, companies are going to do what's right by them. Consumers need to do what's right by them. Yep. No, it totally makes sense. And definitely, please let us know what all of you think about the new PS Plus subscription. We actually would love to know what you think. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Really means a lot. Trevor, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor Her. That's at Trevor, H-E-R-R. You can email us at amandamangames at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. So you can just copy and paste and email us from there. So thank you so much, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.